0: to you Bill Michael show we are on the air we are here today we're not happy about it Ben Kenny's happy about it he's ecstatic me we've got a lot of talking to do about this Packers team Um, and what went down yesterday and kind of uh, a lot of emotions poured out yesterday so I want to I want to go back and i want to say this is how we got here and give perspective at least the best i can because i think there's a lot of people that are really mad that want to see things blown up in certain ways and i think you got to put into perspective what what all of this is so we'll uh, we'll talk about that coming up going to have uh, Matt Mitchell the Action Network and going to talk some betting coming up this week. Uh, also, we'll get into uh, the game yesterday. A really good breakdown. Rob Reichel at Forbes.com had it yesterday. So he had the good, the bad, and the ugly coming out of the Packers loss to Washington. And in the meantime, we got Mike Clemens in the last hour of the program today. He's going to wrap things up for us. Uh, Matt LaFleur does not speak until later today. They pushed that back. So he will. we will not hear from him on the program this afternoon. He doesn't speak until 3 o'clock Central Time. So, that's well after we get off the air, so we will carry a lot of that tomorrow and talk about it. Bite me. Uh, the <laughs> the joy coming out of Mud Mudville right now is of the exuberance of one Ben Kenny. So uh, Ben, you and I get off the air yesterday, and it's looking rather bleak. They're down three to two, and then Bryce Harper comes up with a two-run bomb, and your uh, Philadelphia Phillies find themselves in the World Series in the eighth inning. Bryce goes opposite field, and suddenly you are in tears in the studio.
1: Oh, unbelievable. It was actually while Clemens called in, and we were on the phone. He was explaining to me his cuts and what needed to be yeah. done in production. Bryce Harbour comes up to bat. He goes deep. I start screaming at the top of my lungs. I think Mike <laughs> thought I was dying. Um, uh, and then I stayed here. The game ended 20 minutes later. I was alone in the studio. Uh, some tears w- started to flow. I-, I don't know. I don't want to take this moment because it's a ridiculously uh, hostile day when it comes to the Packers and what has gone on. We've got to give you credit. In the in the grand you know, your scheme. Your guys
0: are now in a World Series.
1: In the grand scheme of my life, I, I can't say I've had many better
0: moments. It was, uh, it was fun. It was a fun day yesterday in that sense. In the uh, ugliness, that is the Green Bay Packers losing to the Washington Commanders 23-21 yesterday, um, I started going through tweets, and I was answering some people yesterday, and I really I, I, I try to at times just sit down and say, okay, uh, I'm just going to chat through this. And it was, um, it, it, it was a day of emotion where people want to blame everybody. And everybody is to blame. There's not one particular thing you can look at and say, this is what it is. Okay? I wanna I, I wanna take you chronologically through this because I think there has to be a level of understanding. Okay? Go back to last year. Last year, remember when Devontae Adams Did not talk a lot when it came to, you know, the status of his contract and such. But he made, uh, you know, some um, comments when asked about it. He didn't go out of his way to preach about it, but he made some comments when asked about it to say, um, you know, hey, you know, Devontae, how is the contract discussions? How are they coming? And we should have read more into it at the time, but there weren't any. There weren't any. And we kind of went, oh, you know what, that's okay. They'll take care of him at the end of the season. And there really wasn't a lot of discussion. And probably what should have happened. Now, I don't know what did and didn't go on behind closed doors. Okay? We don't have privy to everything. Right? But Brian Gudekinst spent an entire offseason and season last year concentrating on keeping Aaron Rodgers happy and making change and a different mode of operation for the Green Bay Packers, not treating players like pieces of meat, having a more personal connection, involving some of the veterans and the decision makers a little bit more, making them feel like they had a piece of this organization. Okay? So, and it goes a long way because if Rodgers and I thought about this because if if Rodgers walks away at the end of the season then everything he stated is crap because once once you have a say and you take ownership of it pass or fail that's that's partially on you you're part of the decision making process this is what you wanted right so you got to take ownership of it they came to you with the hiring of Matt LaFleur. They wanted you to talk to Matt LaFleur. Matt was the guy that just last week you were saying works their ass off, puts a great game plan together. A great He didn't say, you know, they do, they do work pretty hard on putting a game plan together. He said, no, they put a great game plan together. Right? You know, he, he praised Matt LaFleur. So in the offseason last year, Devontae, who had said, I am not playing for a franchise tag. I won't be here. Not going to do it. He saw what happened to Mike Evans, got one of those guys. He's like, no, I'm not doing it. Mike Evans goes down with an injury. I'm I'm not going to cost myself money. I will not play for a franchise tag. He was adamant about it. And the Packers really could not make him a firm offer Because they didn't know what the status of the quarterback was going to be, right? And Aaron Rodgers said, I'm not going to take until after the draft or anything like that. I'm going to, you know, go up to free agency. Well, he waited until right there at free agency. But by then, it was too late. Rodgers wanted to take his time to think about it, and that's fine. He was in communication with other people. He was talking to Bakhtiari. He was officiating Bakhtiari's wedding. Devontae Adams wasn't there. I'm not saying he should have been, but I'm just saying it wasn't like him and Devontae I think were talking every day. I think they had discussions. Devontae really wanted to pick Aaron's brain, like, what are you doing? They're not going to make me an offer until they pay you. I don't have time to wait. Rodgers did. Rodgers knew what was going on. So Gutekind was kind of put between a rock and a hard place. If I go all in on Devontae... I'm trying to keep Aaron's guy, and I'm showing that they're not a piece of meat or a commodity, but I can't pay this amount of money for this guy and then have the quarterback come and say, I want to be the highest-paid player in football. Because even though Roger says it's – remember when he said, no, it's not $50 million a year. That's a joke. He kind of ripped the report, and it turned out to be $50 million a year. He turned out to be an absolute positive liar. So Gutekinds was put between a rock and a hard place. And in today's day and age, it is a quarterback-driven league. You stick with a quarterback, and that's what he did. I'm not saying he ignored Devontae, but he couldn't give Devontae what he wanted. He couldn't open up those lines of communication because he didn't know what the quarterback was going to be doing. And you don't want to pay all this money to Devontae to have this incredible you know, outside wide receiver centerpiece and have Jordan Love be the guy. It would have helped, love absolutely, but Devontae didn't want that. Okay, now he his his guesstimate has been wrong to this point. Doesn't mean it can't get better, but his what his value was to his numbers and his Hall of Fame and gold jacket and all that kind of stuff. What he talked about, it's been a miscalculation to this point. But who knows what next year will bring, or the year after, for that matter. But that's but 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 I'm trying to tell you this is how we got to this point. The summer of Aaron, the ass-kissing of Aaron, the relationship with Aaron, the alienation to a certain extent via contract of others, the uncertainty, and then finally the decision to come back. And by then, Devontae was like, you know what? Screw you. I'm done. I'm out. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. I I can't deal with this. I want what I want. And I don't blame him. He's earned it. Right? Right? He got a big time. He, him, his family, they're they're set. Rest of their life done. He got exactly what he wanted. Now it's a focus for him on his numbers and on his gold jacket. That's what he. That's what he wants. Okay. Now for this team, they were left holding the bag. You lost Cervante. so we thought. You know what? A lot of quick outs. Move the ball, dink and dunk, West Coast style of offense. Use the run a lot. Move the ball down the field. Pray everything goes right. Pray Christian Watson. Pray Romeo Dobbs are the real deal. Even Samari Torre to a certain extent. Get Sammy Watkins. Just fortify enough piecemeal together, enough of a wide receiving core to make it kind of a a conglomeration of Devontae rather than one guy. Right? And then the whole Bakhtiari saga continued. Will he or won't he? Again, he, yesterday he won't. I, I personally, I mean, he just started. He looked like he was being David Bakhtiari again, and all of a sudden, gone, gone now. And now you, you, you know, come on, you're you're seven games into the season. You're really beginning to question whether or not he's even going to be a valuable piece of this organization moving forward. You've got a a, a really big paperweight in David Bakhtiari right now. And your offensive line has been a mess. I mean a mess. Then throughout, you lose Nathaniel Hackett. You lose Luke Getzey. Two valued pieces of your offensive brain trust for what you put together. Now Matt LaFleur has to step back and say, okay, what do we need to do? What do we got to do? Okay, I've got an offensive line that's in flux. And I, he has mismanaged this offensive line pretty dramatically going all the way back to last season, the way the last season ended. Either you have a gross overestimation of talent or you have grossly mismanaged the offensive line. It's now what went from being one of the best blocking offensive lines in football. It is now a piecemeal of of a shell of itself, of moving guys around. Nobody's playing in the same spot more than a week or two. Guy, uh, the only guy that's played consistently at any particular position has been the center, Josh Myers. That's it. Everybody else, moving all over the place. You're banking on Bakhtiari coming back. Elton Jenkins has been inside, outside, out of his all-pro position, back out, back in again. You got Yash Naiman flipping, flipping sides. Royce Newman has just stunk. I mean, it's just, it, it's just it's just been an ass-kicking contest for anybody you compete against. So it starts in the trenches. And then you're calling plays. You're one of the worst perimeter teams in football. You're 31st in football and passing downfield outside the numbers. Almost worse. The worst one. I can't remember what the last time they were that. 31st in football. Offensive lines a mess. Play calling. I'm watching today on both get up and I'm watching on good morning football. Both. Uh, analysts, former players, whatever, they're all saying it's predictable. You know what's coming. These little out bubble screens, these little out wide receiver screens, these quick hitters, everybody knows they're coming. There's no creativity in the play calling. You're on fourth and two, third and two, and you're in shotgun. You don't even attempt to run the football. Matt LaFleur is so gutless and afraid to stick with the run. I mean, former coaches are calling him out. Players are calling him out. If it's even Aaron Rodgers, it looks over to the sideline and says, "What the f are we doing?" Guys can't catch. You're relying on a guy that continually drops the football, in Romeo Dobbs, as opposed to handing it off to the to the Quadzilla, the Beast Runner, and you're doing it instead of under center and disguising things. You're not even disguising things anymore. You know why? You don't trust your offensive line. You know why? Because you don't ask them to block for more than a, a second or two. So either they don't have the capability or you have conditioned them to say, hold a block for a second and then let it go, which means your quarterback gets hit, which means you put him in shotgun. So he gets an extra second of time to be able to observe the field, to be able to say, hey, we're in shotgun. We have no capability to kind of make, really make the pocket move or, or, or do things run wise or anything disguised out of this. We just are who we are. And we'll beat you. No, you're not. You're not beating any. The worst teams in the league now have figured, it out, figured you out, and they're beating you. So you go from a, a talented wide receiver who didn't get any love, who got pissed off and left, to a quarterback who couldn't make up his mind, who you had to ask KISS over and over again to get him to come back to the organization, to the loss of two pieces of your brain trust within your offensive capability, as game planning goes, to really kind of say, hey, this is what we need to do to utilize the best pieces we have. To try to fit in new pieces. To try to fit in an old broken down piece. And in the whole scheme of things, you try to put a defense together where you've got a coordinator who believes in playing soft and not aggressive. A special teams unit that was a laughing stock a year ago. And now you're trying to wrap your arms around and go, no, we're fine. We're fine. I got this. No, you don't. No, you don't. It is a mess. It's a mess. And it's eroded gradually. And so if you want to point the finger at, at Gutekinst and say, Gutekinst didn't do this or that or bring in these particular players, you can point the finger at Brian Gudekinst. I would agree with that. I wouldn't disagree. But for different reasons sometimes than what you would point to, just say, you know, screw him. He didn't do this and he didn't do that. There's reasons why you can and can't. But I would agree with you. You can't go out and sign a bunch of people if you don't know what the quarterback is going to cost you. You can't go out and re-sign a guy like Devontae Adams if you don't know what the quarterback is going to cost you. If it wasn't going to be the highest paid player in the NFL, the $50 million man per year, which he said and denied it wasn't, but it ended up being, if you didn't have to wait for that or if you knew it was going to be less, you could have went out and spent more money in this particular area and said, Hey, look, if you take this, we can sign this. If you only take this, we can sign this or these two. Or we can sign Devontae and another guy. Or if you're going to take all of this, we've got to let Devontae go. we got to do this. we got to do that. We can't go out and trade for people. we only got $7.5 million left under the cap. This is where we're at. We're kicking a can down the road. We're restructuring the contract, contract of a guy who may never play again in David Bakhtiari. We're extending that out. But we're doing it because we've got to fit certain players in under the cap. So there is a dance to this. And in the meantime, you got Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is a tremendous mind. Okay, I don't know how great it is. I don't know how bad it is, but he's a tremendous football mind. But this whole you know being asked at the podium, what are you going to do? And he's got I don't know. Wait, you're the head coach. You can't say you don't know. What you have to do is overcome and adapt to what it is you have. You're still running an offense with, with either guys that are inept, which have not been schooled enough, taught enough, have not learned enough under you, to be able to execute the offense, guys that continually don't have the concentration to catch the damn football, and yet you keep throwing to him and doing the same damn thing over and over again. That is stupidity. Your defensive coordinator takes his foot off the gas at the most inopportune times. At least he has adapted and gotten better through necessity because he was being publicly humiliated to the point that he was almost being dared to finally play a little more aggressively. And you did get man-to-man coverage. You got aggressive yesterday, and unfortunately, Jair Alexander got burned. McLaurin got over the top on him, and it was a perfect pass, and so be it. But my point being is there's so many things you can point at with this team right now, and you were relying on youth. You were relying on unexperienced, inexperienced guys. And I said it in the offseason, and I'll say it again. It takes two to three years to learn the NFL. Rashawn Gary was not Rashawn Gary his first year. Devontae Adams was nowhere near Devontae Adams his first year, and yet you're asking young guys to be this. It was never going to happen. It was never going to be the same. So what we had this expectation that was higher, that was more than what it is. So chronologically, you should have been also including Devontae Adams in all of this, hindsight being what it is. You should have said, QB. Hey, you got to come up, man. I I appreciate that you want to go travel the world, meet the Dalai Lama, and clean out your colon and all the feel hundred hands on you and all that other kind of stuff. I get it. You're a great quarterback. You're a very brilliant cerebral cerebral guy. But we there's certain things we have to do as an organization. You said we need to p- treat people more like people. Well, we're trying to, but we can't because we're waiting on you. Matt Lafleur's kind of hung up in the middle of this, and then once he's given the team said, "Here you go." He didn't adapt. So you can point a finger at Rodgers. You can point a finger at Devante. You can point a finger at Gudikins, You can point a finger at LaFleur. You can point it at Passaccia. You can point it at Barry. You can point it at Hackett. You can point it at Gets. There's fingers enough to go around. All of them are middle. But that's how we got here today. And I don't see anything that's hopeful right now unless the head coach changes his methodology. 877-867-1670. 867 1670 Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this.
2: This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: If they get a first down, the game's essentially over. Green Bay's now a lot of timeouts. Play of the game right now. Heineke hit as he throws, launches, and is caught! Terry McLaurin holds on!
2: God damn right it does. I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us. Uh, this week, you know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Going to
0: Buffalo and Sunday night football, a the chance to get exposed. Shoot, might be the best thing for us. Is this Sunday night the best thing for them? I would agree. I know it sounds crazy, but I would agree. Because you're either going to come out swinging or you're going to pack it in. One of the two. And this game will determine the rest of the season. The pathetic performance that you gave, specifically in the offensive side of the football, against the Washington Commanders, you acted as if, one, you're better than what you are. Two, as if that team was just going to roll over and die. And the attention to detail is abysmal. It's abysmal. And if Matt LaFleur doesn't walk in in one of those bull Durham throwing the bats in the shower and screaming at players today, I don't know if he ever will. You have to do something out of the ordinary to snap together this group of people. Are they talented? Sure they are. How talented? We don't know but there's enough blame to go around. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Okay, I, I'm done talking for a while now, so let's get back to the phones, or let's get to the phones. Let's go to Eric listening to us in Green Bay. Eric, how you doing today, man? What's going on?
3: Too much, Bill. Thanks for taking my call, man. You bet. Hey, yeah. Hey, uh, last week listening to all the happy talk, and we just kind of have fun. It's like I kind of wanted to more Billy Bean with a bat in the locker room saying, this is what losing looks like. Um, You know, there's, you're right. You've touched on so many things and you're on the money on all of them. But the thing that's driving me nuts the most with this offense, and this happened Sunday, it happened against Jets. You can see them do things that are working and then they just stop doing it. They, they, in the first drive that they scored on, there was a pretty much even mix between Rodgers under center and Rodgers in a the shotgun. They ran the ball with Jones effectively on the right side. And considering that you got Nyman and Runyon over there on the right, it showed that your finagling with the line worked somewhat. The line was more effective yesterday. But if you're not going to keep doing what works – and then going to this RPO Rogers in the shotgun for the rest of the game ridiculousness. I don't mm-hmm. know how anything's going to. I think Lafleur has has got what, what an artist or or a writer gets creative block. I think that's what he's he's got some sort of brain cramp going on. Needs to turn the playbook over to Stenovich or something. And then I also hear a lot about well Rogers paid Rogers money Rogers. Listen, man, Dave Bakhtiari signed contract making him the richest or, or highest paid left tackle in football and right. i don't think he's played a complete game on that contract yet has he i don't um think so. well he i he, think he got injured yeah. right afterwards and has not played a full game since
0: yeah so. he got uh he got that contract right at the end of that season and then got it banged up and he's pretty much been uh an absentee tackle ever since
3: yeah, so they burned up millions of dollars there for nothing. So I hate to say it, but I think it's time to move on from Big Dave and I need they need to set their offensive line now without him and figure out what they're gonna do with him or whatnot, but they can't keep doing this. And LaFleur for crying out loud, let Stenovich call calls or, or let Rogers call calls or something because dude is is suffering paralysis by analysis. He's running away from what he perceives the other team is going to do. Instead of making them commit to stopping what is working, it's it's just a position of weakness he's coming from. And mm-hmm. it's just uh, this Sunday they're going to get smoked. They are going to get smoked. And if they don't get if they win, I'm going to be kicked. because we all know they have the talent. This team is loaded with talent. On paper, they should be smoking fools. And if they win Sunday, I'll be like. How much were you guys sitting on your thumbs for the first seven games of the season that now you're going to put together this kind of performance and win? Did you just think you are going to walk into the stadium and roll out with a victory? I don't know. That's kind of the way they acted yesterday. Like a lose-lose, you know? If they win, everybody's going, what the heck? If they lose, I think they're going to get mashed. So, I don't know.
0: If they lo- if they win them. this game, let me ask you this: If they win this game, do you think it's because Buffalo took them lightly? Because other than Aaron Rodgers, they really don't feel that they have anything, and Buffalo just kind of overlooked them.
3: Hey, that's highly possible. They did lose to Miami,
0: so well. I think Miami's know. got better weapons than the Packers do. When you talk about <laughs> Tariq Hill and company,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, everybody thought the Bills were going to smash Miami too, and then Miami beat them. So, I, I guess it's possible, yeah. but yeah, I think it would have to do with I think it would have to do either with the Bills uh, not taking them seriously or the Packers finally, you know, pulling their heads out and right. uh, sticking with something that's working.
0: Yeah. No, I would agree, man. Appreciate the phone call. He drops off, you get on board 877-867-1670 877-867-1670. When you talk about the drops and the attention to detail, The Packers have had 11 dropped passes in the last two weeks. Some teams haven't dropped 11 passes all season long. The Packers have 11 drops in the last two weeks think about that we'll get back to the phone calls when we come back stay tuned this portion of the program brought to you by friends over there at the four seasons island resort they are in pembine wisconsin fantastic place go to the four seasons that's the four seasons, i know it's a little bit past peak leaf wise but still they've got a lot of fun stuff coming up this weekend they have a halloween costume contest and a costume party uh so they want you to come on up A few rooms still available. If you want to get the Bill Michael special and get some money off, all you got to do is call our girl Barb at 715 324 5800. 715 324 5800 or email Barb, B A R B, Barb at the Four Seasons Wisconsin.com. Barb at the Four Seasons Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up right after this. friends over at Stoley's Hog Alley in Summit, Oconomowoc. In that area, they continue to get ready for the grand reopening. The renovation's coming right along. They're closed down right now, but they're about to get it all back open again. Don't forget about supporting Jeff and his family and Alicia and the gang at Stole's All 109 up in Watertown. Good people, but man, I can't wait to get that place back open again, right up the street. And they just have such good food. i uh, just to love to go in there and get some carryout every now and then, too, but... Stoley's Hog Alley in Oconomowoc, about ready to reopen here, hopefully in the next 30 days. And then our friends over there at Stoles All 109 up in Watertown, another great place to go. Keep checking them out. Good, good people. 877 867 1670 Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to Brandon listening to us in Kentucky. Brandon, how are you doing today, man? What's up?
4: I'm doing okay. I'm I'm still feeling the pain from yesterday, but we'll get there. My My main question is, or my concern is, obviously we have concerns all over the place. Um, I'm not too worried about the defense. I know some people might think that's crazy. I think it's just our offense is just not helping them out at all, Um, and they're having to be on the field constantly, and I think they're just getting worn out. But the main question that I uh, wanted to pose was David Bakhtiari. Now, I mean, obviously amazing left tackle when he's out there, Um, but I think it's time we we try to trade him i think we need to we need to get rid of him um and i mean he's got a 30 almost a 30 million dollar hit next year yeah on us and it's just i, I just don't think it's going to work out and what i would just looking at teams around the league and i know before and they have a kind of a relationship out there and at the rams but i mean i would be straight up you know Allen Robinson. David Bakhtiari trade. Like, take
0: that. Uh, well, here's the thing with that is, one, is there going to be a team that's going to take Bakhtiari if he's not healthy? So that's that's the first thing. Uh, and just for the reason you stated, the fact that he is next year going to make $29.06 uh, yeah. the year after that, thirty two point nine. So I don't think anybody's going to take that contract on. If anything... The Packers would gain six million dollars of cap room if they cut him. Now it would be it would mean twenty three point one million of dead cap money. Yeah. But um, but if they cut him next year, they would gain uh, six million dollars worth of cap space.
4: Well, I, I don't think they're going to. They they're, they're going to have to if he starts playing. Maybe at the end of the of the season, um, maybe they restructure or something. But there's no mm-hmm. way that they're going to be able to keep him on and you know next year yeah. we're we're so under the cap um or we're we're hurting anyway even yeah. next year so well my my thought was you know Allen robinson he's not doing anything for the rams i know the rams need a left you know left tackle and mm-hmm. i know he's not playing right now Bakhtiari. but i think he'll eventually start playing and he'll do a lot better than you know alan robinson and you know Allen robinson i think is 18 million next year so i mean it would be I don't know. It, it, the Rams would definitely take the brunt of that deal, but it might, you know, it might be something that they'd be interested. I don't know.
0: I think they need this, to pick up a couple of wideouts. To be honest with you, and, out of the free agent market, not just one or two. Yeah, and trade for, I, it. I think I, they got to get yeah, a couple. I
4: agree with that. I agree with that. I, I, would, yeah. I would. I would. I'd love to see that. But you know, you either
0: need two guys that are pretty good, or one guy and another guy that's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, you get uh, appreciate the phone call. You get a guy like say a Chase Claypool, and then you pick up. If, if you bring in a number, a true number one, it will make everybody else better. By the way, going into the season already next year, the Packers are uh, two point zero six million over the cap just going into the season next year with the restructured they deals the deals they have right now. Just an FYI. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I I think you need at least two. Just watching Sammy Watkins try to run uh, just a go pattern yesterday. Yeah, he, he don't have the wheels. Missed a block, took off downfield, should have been uh, part of that wide receiver screen, so to speak. That thing tur- didn't turn out, missed it. Al Lazard missed it. Romeo dubs, a couple of drops, like I said, six, uh, 11 drops over the last two weeks. Six a week ago, five yesterday, just, you know, it's just a mess. Uh, let's go to uh, Joe listening to us in De Pere. Joe, how you doing today, man? What's up?
5: Uh, very good. Thanks for taking my call. First off, I want to thank you for your show because you always speak real about the Packers. You don't uh, put the fluff on, and I like that because when you're making your call-outs, I think you're right on on all of them. I think LaFleur needs to be called out. I think there's a lot of people who need to be called out in this organization. When you talk about w- with the uh, Sammy Watkins, what kind of signing was that? I mean, you look at him, you can tell he's not the Sammy Watkins that got drafted. He does not look athletic at all. He doesn't look mm-hmm. like that kid. Now, granted, he's older, but he's not that old. And obviously, he does not look like that player. And then you're talking about David Bakhtiari. They just need to just cut him and be done with him because he's never going to be healthy two years on a uh, knee that you got repaired how often does that happen and then a guy comes back usually you get it repaired you're back in what a year some people come back earlier like Jenkins right but he's never he's never going to be healthy and then the thing that bothers me probably more than anything Bill is the defense I thought we were going to have this high power defense I watched the game last night the Miami Dolphins they're running around and hitting people you watch the Packers when they make tackles They grab. They don't Mm -hmm. inflict any pain. The Dolphins yesterday, I was amazed in the energy. And who creates that? It's the coaching staff who creates that environment. Like Robert Sala of the Jets. Who wouldn't want to hit for that guy? Yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, all you had to do right? was
0: watch the when you watch the Jets play the Packers, just watch the sideline and how amped up everybody gets when they just got after Rodgers and were just blowing up the offensive line. I mean that that whole sideline. I, I paid attention to that. That whole sideline was just up and screaming and yelling and you know hold me back and guys are all over guys and I mean th- there's just an energy there then again it's easy to have energy when you're winning I'll give you that but when was the last time you saw a smash mouth handed to you go after and get it kind of defense out of Green Bay it's been a long time man
5: right you look at the defenses that won our Super Bowls you had Reggie White and Wayne Simmons then you had Clay Matthews uh, when we won our Super well, because they smashed people in the mouth. They brought it to them, and we accept. Instead of making tackles, we make catches and drive me nuts watching it. I want to see that Cam Blue supposedly an all-pro. You watch him play, he's like an A.J. Hawk. Yeah, he makes a tackle, but the tackle's always going over him for an extra two yards. He's not going back. Yeah. And that's they're uh, they're hey, trying
0: hey. to play. But I appreciate the phone call. They're trying to play don't-get-burned football rather than let's-go-kick-somebody's-ass football because they know the offense is not worth a damn. Let's talk a little betting when we come back. Stick around. This portion of the program brought to you by a quality machining company right here in our own backyard. That's Pindell. You're looking for a career, not just a job. They pay great benefits as well, and they will train you. Go to Pindell, dot com. is Pindell.com. Again, Pindell.com. More on the Bill Michaels Show. Talk a little betting with our buddy Matt Mitchell of the Action Network next.
2: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Green Bay Packers lose to the Washington Commanders at FedEx Field, twenty-three to twenty-one. The Commanders scoring twenty unanswered points, led by backup quarterback number four Taylor Heineke.
5: Again, I grew up watching these these guys. Um, My dad was born from Wisconsin, and so the moment I was born, I was deemed a cheesehead, and we were watching Brett Favre. that's the whole reason I started playing ball. Grew up watching Aaron Rodgers do his thing and one of my last fond memories of my father is watching the Super Bowl and the Packers beat the Steelers and Aaron Rodgers did his thing so to come out here today and beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers on our field it means a lot to me.
2: The Packers favored to win have now lost three in a row to the Giants, the Jets, and now the Commanders. Packers running back Aaron Jones. Losing to teams that we feel like we're better than and they come out and beat us so it's unfamiliar territory for us especially under Coach LaFleur so we just got to keep putting our heads down working feel like we got to take advantage of these opportunities uh and we didn't jones ended up leading the team with nine receptions and two touchdowns after receiver alan lazard left the game with a shoulder injury sammy watkins limited after coming off the ir from a hamstring aaron Rodgers on why for the first time since going eight and eight in 1999 the packers could not convert a single third down in the game a lot of mental errors
0: now, we had some issues with guys getting hurt. Allen got banged up, and Sammy's was trying, we were trying to keep Sammy to 20-25 plays. But, but, yeah, we just made some silly execution mistakes.
2: You know, we didn't run the ball particularly well, uh, didn't catch it particularly well and I didn't really move a whole lot to extend plays until that last drive. So Green Bay falls to 3-4, and four. the Vikings are 5-1, and one. and up next, the Packers head to Buffalo to face the Bills on Sunday Night Football. Head coach Matt LaFleur. Our guys are extremely disappointed. Uh, I don't think anybody thought we'd be in the spot that we're in right now, and we're going to find out what we're made of. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
0: Michael show we continue on I'm Bill Michaels good stuff good first hour of the program we're going to wrap things up here in this first hour talking to our guy uh uh, Matt Mitchell of the Action Network and you can uh, catch his stuff over on the Action Network Action Network by the way a lot of stuff on the NBA right now too with the NBA season just getting underway but he now joins us on the phone uh Matt how you been pal I'm doing a lot better than Packer fans that's for sure yeah, tell me about it, right? Yeah, what a disappointment so far uh, this season has been. Uh, we do have one on the docket still left tonight. Uh, that's the Patriots. Eight-point giveaway right here for uh, for the Chicago Bears coming to town. Uh, the Bears are also a bad football team. There's not much right now in the NFC North other than the Vikings, who only have one loss. But give me the lowdown on the game coming up tonight.
1: A lot of our team likes the Patriots in the first half of this game. Chicago is 0 for 6 against the spread in the first half this season. Patriots' number one DBOA defense. New England minus four in the first half is a very popular play. Yeah, Chicago might end up yucking it up and making it a little bit closer from a whole game perspective, but Bill Belichick against a one dimensional defense. Uh, one-dimensional offense has always been a recipe for success. The Bears are nothing if not one-dimensional. they have coming off one of the worst performances probably of the season in that game against Washington last week. Hard to imagine backing them in this scenario.
0: Then you've got uh, the Packers early ten and a half point dogs against Buffalo. I I think it might end up being more than that. To be honest with you, I is, is the defense is decent. They're not great by any stretch of the imagination, but boy, ten and a half point dogs. I I'd almost take the over with uh, with the Bills on that.
1: Yeah, Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, has been excellent off a of bye. He has never lost. He's four now off a of bye as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, three and one against the spread. Sunday night games, primetime games in Buffalo. Uh, you know, again, they didn't have a primetime game in Buffalo for many, many years between <laughs> between their playoff run and their return to glory. So these are still very special occasions for Buffalo. It's a big number, but the Bills. The, you know, the only thing you worry about here is the Bills came off an enormous win. They put all their eggs in that basket. They beat Kansas City. Then they kind of go on a little vacation. You wonder if they come out a little flat. But boy, you know, no one's looking flatter than the Green Bay
0: Packers right now. Uh, Interesting game coming up. And after I ended up watching the Cowboys yesterday just dismantle the Lions, and I'm kind of looking at that early line with the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are only giving up three. Now, granted, they're playing in Detroit, but uh, Detroit, their last two games, they put up a total of six points. Uh, They got shut out. Then they went to the bye. They came out of the bye and only put up six. I don't have any faith in. It, it looks like uh, this is a, again a Lions team that had a lot of expectation, and since then they've packed it in. I would take the Dolphins maybe on the road in this one.
1: Now I know the last time we spoke, you would you would lay a little money on Detroit. Uh, they were uh, I got they a very popular <laughs> uh, popular team uh, last week, but you know they were you know they were fumble at the goal line from taking a lead late in that game. They fumbled away. Dan Cable headset, and they totally get dismantled after that. Uh, what a Absolute embarrassing melt job. But Miami, at home, pretty lousy Pittsburgh team, gets up a little bit early, and then they, they kind of stall the rest of the game and hold on for the win. I think it might be a decent shot to take Detroit as an underdog here. Miami plays a lot differently away from home. Detroit plays a lot better indoors. So, uh, you know, a really gross game on next Sunday slate, but I think it's time to jump back on Detroit.
0: Um, let me ask you a couple things, because I know you've got, and not that I want to get too deep into the weeds with the NBA, you've got NBA coverage going on right now as that season's now underway, and obviously the stage is now set for the uh, fall classic, that being the World Series. You've got the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. Any insight right there right now?
1: One of our biggest bets before the season was the Philadelphia Phillies to win the NL Central on our podcast payoff pitch with Sean Zarillo, so he's busy taking a victory lap on the Philadelphia Phillies. His recommendation right now is the Phillies to win the World Series. If you could find better than plus 150, which is at most books, you can you could find them as high as plus 175 out there. Obviously, for the first time ever, the city of Philadelphia is America's sweethearts because they're playing the loathed uh, Houston Astros. I know I'll be rooting for them despite it making – uh you know producer ben kenny's so happy it makes me want to puke my guts out (laughs) but i i do think they are uh, a team worth betting on they've got a tremendous amount of home field advantage and momentum on their side uh you know i I don't think i want to get in get in the way of this you know wagon train right now that's philadelphia and having a guy like bryce harper out in front taking him at plus 700 to win world series mvp at I don't usually recommend World Series MVPs, especially at numbers that low. Last year's winner, Jorge Soler, was forty to one, but it seems hard to imagine that if they win, he's not the MVP.
0: Right, no doubt about it. Matt, always good stuff, man. I appreciate it. We'll touch base again at the end of the week, okay? Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. That's our buddy uh, Matt Mitchell, of the Action Network. Oh boy, Uncle Mitch over there on Twitter. Boy, old boy, old boy, OL boy, Uncle Mitch over there on Twitter. Brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. 250 winners each Friday. It's a frenzy of nonstop wins down at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Friday nights, 250 fire keepers club members are going to win 200 bucks. In rewards play, will you be the next? And if you want to book a room and hang out down there and not even have to leave the joint, go to Potawatomi Hotel and check it out. Potawatomi Hotel Casino at PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Com. Again, paysbig.com. Really good stuff uh, written yesterday after the game by Rob Reichel. He's going to be joining us coming up in the next hour. We're going to pick up where we left off and hang out and talk about this Packers disgusting display that we witnessed yesterday. I already went through the how we got here. Now what? Now what? We'll talk about it when we come back. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael show this portion of the program. Also brought to you by our guys at Burn Pit BBQ. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Veteran owned from the state of Wisconsin. burnpitbbq.com. We'll be right back.
2: The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.